welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill, this is episode 277. Thanks for listening. Welcome back everybody. Happy belated Mother's Day to all you mothers out there. Uh, This episode is coming out a week after Mother's Day. I hope you all celebrated accordingly, honored your moms, or if you are a mom or a mom figure, I hope you were appropriately honored um, for all you do. The pandemic is over a year old now. Presumably some of you got to have a bit more of a Mother's Day celebration than uh, you did a year ago, Uh, so that's good news. Yeah, maybe even played some Atari games or told some stories. Um, And if you did, that's great. If uh, you just had a nice big brunch and took a nap, also great. All right, a little bit of feedback this week. Michael Tyler, over on the Patreon page, in reference to uh, last week's episode, This Planet Sucks, commented, I ho- I'm hoping there are some Shao Kahn references in this week's episode. I can hear Shao Kahn now. It's official. This planet sucks. I'm going to be honest here. I had to look this up. Uh, thank you for your comment, by the way, Michael. Um, you- you'll find, I'm sure you have found already, uh, no Shao Kahn I may be mispronouncing that. Apologies to uh, the fictional game character. Uh, no reference to uh, that character in the episode. Like I said, I had to look it up. Shao Kahn is a recurring video game character for anyone like me who didn't know this. In Mortal Kombat, I guess this uh, this world sucks, this planet sucks, stuff sucks is kind of a thing for that character. To say, I have played Mortal Kombat, although it's been many, 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 many years uh, and I don't remember the specific character. So apologize for that. Apologize, no references to uh, the character in the show. But I hope you enjoyed it anyway, Michael. If anyone else has thoughts about suckage, or this character, or Mortal Kombat, or really anything, uh, get a hold of me. Uh, you know how to do that. And if you don't, hang around to the end of the show, and I will tell you. Question! What does this say? He says stuff! What does this say? What's a stuff? Not sure what happened this week. Jason was relatively quiet. That's not to say, of course, that he was completely quiet. He did send me a link to an article, Incredibly Intoxicated Man Shot His Dog Then Grilled It. Um, This is from the Daily Beast. I'll spare you the article, but... It appears that this happened in, I guess we should say allegedly happened, in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, where this thing that pretty much is what's in the headline I just read you happened. He also apparently was burning $100 bills, had a gun next to him in plain view. Uh, Yeah, it was not a good scene, apparently. I don't know why Jason sent this to me. We did agree that this was creepy and horrible, and... Jason has given up on humanity, apparently. Uh, Well, you know what? Join the club. Uh, He did comment that uh, the news has definitely gotten gotten insane stuff. I was hoping my segment would fix the world. Sorry, Jason. It has not fixed the world. But on the upside, Jason, you've got a catchy segment theme for your ideas. That's something, right? That's That's a human trait. We all like catchy themes. Jason also had thoughts about the most recent episode of the podcast, and the episode that you're listening to right now. He wrote, Fantastic episode. 
I assume referring to the last one, not the current one that you're listening to, although perhaps he just assumes that uh, this one's fantastic as well. Fantastic episode. I have only one complaint, and it was the cadence and the rather unenthusiastic manner in which you read my story. I don't quite know how to take that, Jason. I am enthusiastic about everything. Everything, I tell you. Jason continues. I understand that when experiencing the majesty of what does Jason say, that it makes people feel dumbstruck and perhaps in a form of extreme astonishment, so perhaps it was unintentional. Much like the Aztecs watching the conquistadors riding on horseback, they felt a similar sense of being overwhelmed, vulnerable, and certainly unprepared for such powerful force. Wait, am I the Aztecs or the conquistadors? I'm not sure I'm comfortable with either one, frankly. He goes on. Therefore, I ask that if you read this story, that you treat it with the tender loving care that you give your own stories. This way, everyone can work synergistically to entertain the vast audience of followers which stretches out to, you guessed it, New Zealand. Hey, New Zealand, how you doing? Jason says, I love the review of the game and I loved your stories. Well, Jangling Collar of Bug was sadly not present and there were no cameos from family. But overall, I would say the show has been greatly enhanced by the What Does Jason Say segment. To be clear, I... In my head, the segment is uh, Jason Says Stuff. But uh, Jason, you go on and call it whatever you want. He says, when historians when historians look back on 2021, they will surely discuss two things. COVID-19 and the day that Jason Schiffman graced Atari Bytes. Remember it's exclusive, therefore making it precious and desirable. You're welcome in advance. And now, for the second week in a row, Jason has a story. I will endeavor to read this with the proper level of... What was it? Enthusiasm? Yeah, sure, whatever. The Protectors by Jason Edward Schiffman. Everything that comprises our world exists in multiple dimensions, albeit many different shapes and forms. In some dimensions, we are just pure energy, while others are strange membranes that carry the ebb and flow of all things. And despite how incomprehensible this all seems, these multiple dimensions have maintained balance since the dawn of time. Of all these dimensions, none are more bizarre than a dimension filled with teeth, pearly white incisors by cuspids, and even fangs that sit haphazardly along their own landscape, each one representing a sentient being in our world. If anything should happen to any of these teeth, the connected life in our dimension would surely perish without warning and without any recourse. All the careful living and cautious planning could amount to nothing if your representative tooth in this unseen dimension is destroyed. Worse yet, you really can't control this sort of thing. You can only go throughout your life and hope that something will protect these teeth, allowing you to live your lifetime uninterrupted and hopefully in good health. The universe always tries to balance itself, although there are many malevolent forces attempting to destroy or compromise these universal teeth. There's also the eternally benevolent forces known simply as the tooth protectors. Cute little spherical beings holding floss skillfully over their heads, these teeth protectors are the first and last defense against many interdimensional life forms that want nothing more than to, to feast on enamel and ultimately extinguish lives on Earth. Remember as you sit there, endlessly enthralled with the Atari Bytes podcasts, and probably mainly there for what does Jason say, a tireless defenders deflecting attacks and ultimately keeping you alive. At least, let's give thanks to the tooth protectors, and offer them more recognition than a substandard kaboom-style game that wasn't even commercially available. Let's give them a game that really honors them. But in the meantime, let's review what we have. Tooth protectors. Nice story, Jason. A little bleak, 
Uh, I think at one point you make it sound like uh, these teeth are out there and we can't do anything about it, but then you're talking about how the tooth protectors are on the case. I hadn't thought of comparing tooth protectors to Kaboom. Of course, we haven't really gotten into tooth protectors yet in the episode, so maybe I'm jumping ahead. Maybe? Uh, honestly, I'm sitting here at the moment totally blanking on what goes on in Kaboom. I guess I kind of see it. Uh, that's a problem when you do 277 episodes of a podcast. The games kind of run together. But I guess that's an interesting comparison. In my response to Jason on the uh, on the interwebs, in response to his uh, suggesting that you know things are kind of uh, bleak in this uh, little this particular universe that Jason, uh, you know, that we find ourselves in, I guess we're the we're the meat universe, right? We're not pure energy. We're actually a physical form. You know how Atari Bytes seems to be. Uh, just sort of there to uh, to give you something to do while you wait for the universe to end. And uh, I compared that to the orchestra playing on the uh, deck of the Titanic as the ship sank. He said, LOL, profundity at its best could be worse. You could be rearranging... By the way, I'm, I'm totally making a t-shirt that says, profundity at its best, Atari Bytes. Uh, could be worse. You could be rearranging the deck chairs. In all seriousness, the orchestra may have had a calming effect. There were over 700 survivors, and they made their way to the lifeboats with the musicians, soothing their adrenalized nerves. The orchestra could have been clawing their way to the boats, but instead they made one great selfless act. Perhaps Atari Bites is your selfless act for humanity. Oh, thank goodness, Jason, because for a minute there, you got kind of serious, and I was a little worried that uh, you were not going to come back around. But you did. Phew. Perhaps Atari Bites is your selfless act for humanity, or perhaps the games should thank you. Like the theme of American Gods. I assume you're referring to the Neil Gaiman novel? They only exist because you believe in them. To which I said, or, you know, could just be a time killer. And then he said, in perhaps what could be the bleakest, I seem to be fond of the word bleak today, could be the bleakest response of the day to anything. I said, the show, doing the show could just be a time killer. He said, ultimately, everything is so, on that happy note... Question! What does Jason say? He says stuff! What does Jason say? What's a stuff? What does Jason say? Or maybe a little stuff! What does Jason say? He says stuff! Jason says stuff in Atari Bites exclusive! Um, alright. Moving on quickly from that disturbing segment, let's get on to this week's game. This week's game is Tooth Protectors. This was uh, in the style of Chuck Wagon. This was another um, promotional game for Johnson & Johnson. Johnson & Johnson, of course, is a company that's been around, I don't know, 700 billion years. They make everything. Need Band-Aids? Johnson & Johnson. Need uh, headache remedies? Johnson & Johnson. Need uh, COVID-19 vaccines? Johnson & Johnson. And oh, by the way, you only have to take it once. So la-di-da. Pfizer and Moderna. Sucks to be you. I'm pretty sure Johnson & Johnson has uh, zombie remedies, cures for being sad because you didn't like the movie you watched on Netflix, and I don't know, something to make your turkey sandwich taste better. They probably have it all. In case you're wondering how great they are, Johnson & Johnson's official website tells you how great they are. Uh, on the website, five impactful ways Johnson & Johnson supports nurses and the incredible work they do. Eight things to know about Johnson & Johnson's Janssen COVID-19 vaccine. Oh, it's very possible 
that you're hearing my dog snore in the background. I didn't have the heart to move her, and I apparently also didn't have the heart to move me. So apologies for that. According to the internet, Johnson Johnson was founded in 1886. It is, for the most part, a beloved company, except for that whole thing with the Johnson & Johnson talc-based baby powder causing cancer. Um, they went through numerous lawsuits about that. I think they are actually still ongoing. As I mentioned before, of course, they are one of the makers of the new COVID vaccine. Random side note here, if you look up Johnson & Johnson on Google, one of the things that comes up is, you know, they always pop up with these questions, other things that people have asked about Johnson & Johnson. One of them is, can I put baby powder on my balls? According to TrouserDog.com, in case you're wondering, yes, of course. Baby powder is specifically designed for the sensitive skin of a newborn baby. This means it's completely safe for you to dust your balls in the stuff if you so desire. So anyway, so in 1983, according to the Atari Age website, in the similar vein of Chase the Chuckwagon, which I mentioned earlier, Johnson Johnson put out this uh, promotional game by, that was only available via mail order. Uh, the website, uh, Atari Age says that it's more rare than Chase the Chuckwagon, but doesn't get as much attention probably because the name isn't as cool and a dog food company producing a game is more interesting. The game is very sought after by collectors. There is no box for the game, just a cheap foam casing. There is also a manual, although I don't know if the manual actually came with the game or if it was created sometime after. There's not a whole lot to it, uh, frankly, but if you need a manual, they've got one, or at least you can get one uh, at Atari Age, for example. The object of tooth protectors is to guide TP, the tooth protector, as he protects the teeth during a snack attack. Valuable points are accumulated as TP deflects the cubes dropped by the snack attackers. Additionally, if you are successful in protecting the teeth from decay, valuable bonus points can also be earned. It feels a little awkward, a little stilted for them to be saying the teeth. Why not your teeth? Why not personalize this a little bit more? But I didn't write this, so don't get mad at me. If TP misses a number of cubes, the teeth begin to blink, a sign of decay. Additional tooth protectors can be called by pressing the red action button. They do not helpfully tell you that the red button is in the upper right-hand corner, uh, upper left-hand corner, rather. So I was a little confused. Where's the button? The toothbrush, dental floss, and fluoride dental rinse pass over the teeth in order, cleaning up the teeth by removing all the plaque. The game ends if three teeth disappear or if three TPs are carried away and eliminated by the snack attackers. When you are successful in protecting the teeth, valuable points will be accumulated, and there will be no end to the fun you can have. That eh, might be overstating things a little bit. Difficulty switches are not used in the game. Each game has four levels of difficulty built in. The game begins at level one, because that's how numbers work. To set a higher level, hold the game select lever down until the desired level appears on the screen. To start, to press the game reset. Action begins immediately. You have three free cleanups. Bonus cleanups are earned at each 50,000 point interval. Snack attackers drop snack foods in the form of cubes upon the teeth to cause plaque formation and tooth decay. Beware of the snack attacker warning sound. At any time, a snack attacker may swoop down and try to carry away TP. Blinking will alert you to a de decaying tooth. A tooth will begin to blink after it has been hit with three cubes. If the red action button is not pressed in time, the tooth will decay and disappear. TP utilizes dental floss to protect the teeth from the cubes. The cubes can be skillfully deflected in a number of varied directions. I've only played this, as with all these games, for the most part. I, I've only played this a little bit. It was clear that the cubes would bounce in different directions, but I couldn't quite figure out 
because you're pretty limited in your movement. You can move left and right. You can't move up and down. I was kind of, it was not clear to me how you would purposely move the cube in a specific direction. I guess it has something to do with where on your guy, on your tooth protector, the cube hits. But I didn't quite get good enough to figure out how to how to uh, manipulate that. The colored bar alerts you to the remaining time in the snack attack. To move on to the next level, you must successfully protect the teeth during the entire snack attack. The game ends when all three TPs have been carried away by the snack attackers. I don't know if I said that already. 100 game points are earned for each cube TP deflects. 1,000 points are earned if a deflected cube hits another falling cube. 10,000 bonus points are earned if all teeth remain at the end of a snack attack. 5,000 bonus points are earned if only one tooth is lost. And 1,000 bonus points are earned if two teeth are lost. And then the manual ends with the real tooth protectors which is an ad for Johnson & Johnson Dental Floss, Reach Toothbrushes, and Act Fluoride Dental Rinse. And that is how you play Tooth Protectors from Johnson & Johnson, with some help from somebody who actually knows how to program games. I'm not rich or famous. I'm not a movie star, rock icon, first responder, nurse, doctor, or anybody else whom we all look up to. I'm just a schnook. Just like Bill, I love to tell stories. Unlike Bill, though, I'm not creative enough to write my own, so I just tell my own real-life stories in this book-read-by-the-author-style podcast, all about life lessons growing up, and every episode, a segment about music. Music that I love, artists that I admire, and sometimes even my own music. You can find Autobiography of a Schnook on all your favorite podcast suppliers, or you can go to schnookpodcast.com. That's S-C-H-N-O-O-K podcast.com. And I firmly believe the good goes around, and I sincerely hope that Autobiography of a Schnook proves to be some good that goes around your way. So as I said, Tooth Protectors joins the exclusive club of promotional or promo games with overt tie-ins to retail products like uh, Chase the Chuck Wagon, M Network's Kool-Aid Man, that kind of thing. Johnson Johnson uh, commissioned the game, developed by DSD Camelot, and the only game released for the Atari 2600 by either company. Never had a traditional release. Available exclusively uh, to Johnson & Johnson customers who mailed in proof-of-purchase stamps. Remember those? Those were the days. Today is considered rare and valuable. The game received a rating of 9, extremely rare, from Atari Age Rarity Guide. The reviewer over at gamingconcepts.blogspot.com called the game one of my favorite examples of uh, for my game design classes. The experimental project inserted some features from the modern advert games in its interface, and it's possible to see the brand in the opening screen with some product placement, toothbrush, dental floss, and mouthwash. The game mechanic is simple. Despite being very simple, Tooth Protectors is the precursor of many examples we see today and a good example of how to do a ludic archaeology. It's important to observe that the main branding elements, even in a rudimentary way, even in a rudimentary way, are all represented in the proposed interface. And then he promises to discuss this further in a future presentation. Go gamers. I didn't know what any of that meant. If anyone would like to clarify all that for me, please go ahead. Wikivisually.com seems to suggest that there was an instruction manual included with the game, which makes sense because the uh, transcript that I was reading uh, makes reference to screenshots. Uh, so I guess there must have been a, a uh, more formal prepared manual at some point, which I do not have. Medlineplus.gov 
explains to us that tooth decay is damage to a tooth's surface or enamel. It happens when bacteria in your mouth make acids that attack the enamel. Tooth decay can lead to cavities, which are holes in your teeth. If tooth decay is not treated, it can cause pain, infection, and even tooth loss. Our mouths are full of bacteria. That's kind of gross. Some bacteria are helpful, but some can be harmful, including the ones that play a role in tooth decay. These bacteria combine with food to form a soft, sticky film called plaque. The bacteria and plaque use the sugar and starch in what you eat and drink to make acids. The acids begin to eat away at the minerals on your enamel. Over time, the plaque can harden into tartar. Besides damaging, besides damaging your teeth, plaque and tartar can also irritate your gums and cause gum disease. You get fluoride from toothpaste, water, and other sources. This fluoride, along with your saliva, helps the enamel repair itself by replacing the minerals. Your teeth go through the natural process of losing minerals and regaining minerals all day long. But if you don't take care of your teeth and or you eat and drink lots of sugary and st or starchy things, in other words, the good things to eat, your enamel will keep losing minerals. This leads to tooth decay. The main risks, risk factors for tooth decay are not taking care of your teeth and having too many sugary or starchy foods and drinks. The Library of Congress tells us that the toothbrush as we know it today was not invented until 1938. However, early forms, dang, that means your grandparents, my grandparents anyway, probably didn't regularly brush their teeth. That's kind of freaky. However, the uh, Library of Congress tells us early forms of the toothbrush have been in existence since 3000 BC. Ancient civilizations used a chew stick, which is basically what I do with my dog now, which was a thin twig with a frayed end. These chew sticks were rubbed against the teeth. The bristle toothbrush, similar to the type used today, was not invented until 1498 in China. The bristles were actually the stiff, coarse hairs taken from the back of a hog's neck and attached to handles made of bone or bamboo. Yum, yum. Boar bristles were used until 1938 when nylon bristles were introduced by DuPont de Nemours. The first nylon toothbrush was called Dr. West's Miracle Toothbrush. Later, Americans were influenced by the disciplined hygiene habits of soldiers from World War II. Wow. You would think it'd be the other way around. I mean, soldiers are in World War II or in the middle of fighting World War II. You wouldn't think they would be quite as worried about intense hygiene practices, but apparently they were. Uh, they, meaning Americans, became increasingly concerned with the practice of good oral hygiene and quickly adopted the nylon toothbrush. The first mass-produced toothbrush was made by William Addis of Clerkenwald, England, around 1780. The first American to patent a toothbrush was N.H.N. Wadsworth, patent number 18,653. On November 7, 1857, mass production of toothbrushes began in America around 1885. One of the first electric toothbrushes to hit, hit the American market was in 1960. It was marketed by the Squibb Company under the name Broxident. KidsGreatSmiles.com tells us that along with those chew sticks that I mentioned earlier, anthropologists have discovered ancient remains of small sharpened sticks believed to be used for incidental cleaning between the teeth. In fact, some chew sticks had sharpened points on one end, making a double-sided oral health tool and a convenient way to dispose of your neighbors, I suppose. These early toothpicks set the precedent, precedent for later devices used for interdental cleaning. Ancient remains have been found with grooves worn in between their teeth, suggesting the regular use of floss and toothpicks. Horsehair was used as the first type of dental floss. Horse's hair was also used as bristles in early toothbrushes. The earliest iteration of modern dental floss was introduced in 1815 by a New Orleans dentist named Dr. Levi Spear Parmley, who encouraged his patients to floss with a waxed silken thread after each visit. Waxed silken thread was readily available to consumers as tailored thread, tailoring thread. 
In 1819, Dr. Parmley wrote a dental book called A Practical Guide to the Management of Teeth, which I'm sure was a huge seller, which encouraged people to brush twice per day and floss once every day. In 1882, unwaxed silk floss was mass-produced by the Codman and Sherliff Company to be used expressly as dental floss. And then, get ready for this, in 1898, Johnson & Johnson patented dental floss. So, wait, did they steal the concept and patent it? I don't know. This website's sort of glossing over that. And maybe they didn't. I shouldn't say that, I guess. Johnson Johnson patented dental floss and began producing different types of waxed and unwaxed dental floss. Johnson Johnson's patent was filed for the same silk material used by doctors to apply stitches. During the height of, the world, of world War II, the price for silk skyrocketed as the price of silk soared. Dental silk and dental floss became too expensive to produce and sell, so silk was replaced with nylon. Today, dental floss is available in a variety of sizes, materials, and flavors. You can buy dental tape to use on young gums or even porous floss or floss made from Gore-Tex rubber. All right, you're probably wearing a toothy grin now after all those dental facts. So after the break, slap on a toothy grin. We've got a lot more show. Brush up, brush up, brush It's time to shine your pearly whites and whatever else you want to shine because we want to look good and be smiley. We're playing tooth protectors from Johnson & Johnson, everybody's friend. Here we go. Yeah. Dental floss looks like garbage can to me. Uh, ketchup, apparently. Alright. Uh, not so fast, evil food particles. You got that weird little devil thing at the top of the screen. That's your plaque attacker, or whatever he's called. Is that the bacteria that food energy to make back, or the bacteria, or the... Those would be the sugar bugs, I think. Yes. So, so they, bacteria poop. Yeah, bacteria poop. Exactly. Uh, those are your teeth at the bottom. Seems to me... What the heck, man? You should be less worried about plaque and more worried about seeing an orthodontist about all those gaps in your teeth. That's impressive. And the squareness. And they're very... Yes, they're also weirdly square. And the flat... And the... How big your mouth is in the flat. Yeah, no kidding. On the upside, your gums look really good. Yeah, they do. Oh, they're nice, shiny pink gums. Alright, just for uh, demonstrations here, I'm going to let a bunch of plaques see. Oh, it's blinking. I hit the button. Here comes the cavalry. I'm going to brush them, going to floss them. I'm going to pour some ketchup on them. I mean, mouthwash. And we are back in business. So you can never die in this game. Well... I think if you miss enough of the food particles, or you run out of time, I think that bar at the top is timing you. No, I think it tells you what color is next.
won't do anything for a second. Oh yeah, she was almost shot you probably. Yeah. So they killed the two, so then I lost a guy. Um it's a very basic game, right? Oh, I lost a tooth. Oh my god. If you lose three tooth three tooths. Three teeth, then the game's over. Um the colors are fine. The uh the graphics are pretty basic. It's kind of a I don't know what to compare this game to. What's this game remind you of, Henry? Yeah, I don't know either. Oh, I can go across. Okay. Uh-oh. Here come the reinforcements. Oh. Was I too late? I was too late, I guess. Ping pong game. Yeah, kind of like a ping pong game. No, not one game where you hit the ball and it bounces off the bridge. Well, that's kind of what I was thinking of, too. Breakout. A little bit like Breakout, I guess. Yeah, I think I'm dead. You go see orthodontics. Yeah, it just stopped. I think and you got. Then you need to go see a physicist on how it's just happening. I'm gonna quit playing the game right now to go talk to my orthodontist and my physicist, and, uh, and then I will see you back in the studio. Hey everyone, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8-bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. We also review budget games, which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that and for free just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's x-e-g-s, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail, because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in. Hey, let's take a break from you listening to me talk so that you can listen to me talk. Hell's Serial, Very Short Stories Fortified with Essential Syllables, is the new short story collection from, well, me. Every box, or book, is chock full of bite-sized stories in every genre from sci-fi to fantasy to literary fiction to cheesy spy stories and everything in between. Zombies in Love, Twisted Car Races, and the aforementioned Devilish Breakfast Food are just some of the tasty bites you'll find. Toy surprises? You bet. How about social commentary and the meaning of life? Beats a decoder ring any day. With both funny stuff and drama, Hell's Cereal gives you the marshmallows and the toasted oat flakes. Oh, and words. Lots of those, too. Pick up Hell's Cereal, very short stories fortified with essential syllables, wherever you like to get your books. Not cereal. Here's the thing about tooth protectors. If I was a kid... In 1983, which I was, and I, you know, cut out my proofs of purchase off my uh, boxes of toothpaste and my Act fluoride rinse and my, you know, my Reach toothbrushes, my Act fluoride rinse and my Johnson and Johnson dental floss. I don't know what their toothpaste was called. Uh, Reach toothbrushes, Johnson uh, Johnson Johnson dental floss. Let's see. Okay, just they're just Reach toothbrushes. Uh, yeah. I, well, yeah, I'm looking at one now. Yeah, I definitely was a Reach toothbrush kid. Uh, we mostly used uh, Colgate toothpaste, uh, for those who are really curious. If I was a kid, you know, I had all these Johnson Johnson dental products, and I was cutting off my proofs of purchase. I don't know how many you had to have to, uh, to get the game. Uh, I never did this, but if I had, 
you know, I cut all those proofs of purchase, and I'm guessing you probably had to send them a couple of bucks for shipping, you know, and you fold all that up, you probably had to tape the uh, little proofs to a piece of paper and whatnot, and, and, uh, and you mail it off, and like 18 weeks later, this thing showed up in my mailbox, I would have been super excited. It's a free game. Never mind that my parents paid whatever they paid for all the products to get the proofs purchased, but, you know. And I would have popped it into the uh, Atari thinking, a free game, this is amazing. And I would have been charmed for a good five minutes, probably. Um, This is not a great game. Now, having said that, it's a charming little game, you know, your little tooth protector and bouncy little music, and you got the row of teeth at the bottom. Um, never mind that this person, uh, you know, they may not have cavities, but they definitely need to see an orthodontist because they've got major gaps between their teeth. You know, and then you press the button and the, the little toothpaste, the little toothbrush comes flying out, and got the floss and, and the uh, ketchup bottle, sorry, I mean mouthwash bottle. That's all good. It's all kind of charming. Game's pretty repetitive. It does speed up. Because it's really easy on the initial level. It does, as you progress through the levels, it does speed up. And I suppose if I spent more time with it and learned how to actually artfully bounce the uh, the little food particles back to the snack attacker, maybe that would add a little bit more challenge to it, a little bit more skill. But you don't really need it because the game, even with at a faster level, isn't that hard. I mean, what do you want? It's a free promotional game. Free in quotes. It is what it is. It's been a long time since I played Chase the Chuck Wagon. I think maybe I like that one better. Although, as I recall, the Chuck Wagon actually doesn't come into play all that much in that game. I may be wrong, but that's how I'm remembering it. Uh, in this one, it's a dental game and it's all about the dentistry. So, kudos for that. It's fine, you know? No, even as a kid with your proofs purchased, not a huge monetary investment in it. And you kind of get what you pay for. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. If you have thoughts about tooth protectors or Johnson & Johnson or toothbrushes, let me know. It's story time on Atari Bites. Yes, it's story, 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 story time with Bill. This week's story is titled, The Parable of the Sugar Bugs. You ever been inside a human colon? It's not pretty. And that's coming from a bit of chewed up digested, well, almost digested, food matter. See, there's this thing in the colon that, well, never mind. Did you know kale has been around since before the Middle Ages? It's true. Kale is a cruciferous vegetable full of vitamins A and B and various healthy acids. Sometimes it's green. Sometimes it's purple. We don't care. We all have erect stems, if you know what I mean. Look, I'm a kale leaf. I can say that. All kale is good kale, if you ask us. And don't believe all that stuff about raw kale messing with the thyroid gland. Fake news. Ornamental kale, our bitter cousin, that's the purple stuff, makes a nice garnish, but you wouldn't want to eat it. No offense, purple kale. Why am I telling you all this? To make the point that being a green and leafy and beautiful vegetable isn't enough. I love our leafly ornamental cousins, but you have to work in this life. 
those humans aren't going to poop by themselves. Which brings me to... well, me. From the time where young foodstuffs were told that when the people chew us, our friends, the sugar bugs, come along and feed us and make us strong. Well, I've been sitting here between upper right tooth 15 and upper 16 since my person's sautéed tail adventure yesterday. She tried to drive me out by sucking really hard, and she kept jabbing me with her fat little finger. But no way am I moving. I have work to do. The sugar bugs aren't scared either. My person barely shows these teeth a toothbrush and flosses for chumps. The bacteria, the sugar bugs, arrive constantly. I cheered when they first got here. Yay, let's party! I await the power I am entitled to. After all, most of my kale brethren are swallowed whole, but I stayed behind to allow my person to enjoy the taste of my leafy goodness a bit longer. My person complains constantly about me being here, yet here I sit. Think I taste like dirt? Well, guess what? Now I am dirt. Sucks to be you. To hold my ground, I need the energy the sugar bugs can provide. But they seem more concerned with the teeth than with me. Sugar bugs, I could use a little boost. Wait a minute. I feel strange. Lesser somehow. The bacteria have turned on me now. I feel broken down. Is this death? I don't know. It feels different this time. My person sucks. Don't believe the stories they tell you, young kale lets. The bacteria are not our friends. Heroes will always fail you. Stupid human bacteria machine. I'll get her in the end, though. Revenge is good. Remember that, too. Colon, here I come. Hi, this is 8-Bit Rocket, Jeff Fulton, from the Into the Vertical Blank Generation Atari podcast. And you are listening to the incomparable William Pepper and his wonderful stories of the game within a game on the Atari Bytes podcast. When you are done here, come visit us in the Vertical Blank. Now, back to Bill. And that's our show. Thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the storytime theme and the Jason Says Stuff theme. Sink your teeth into a five-star review of this show on Apple Podcasts. Email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at AtariBytes. Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. Also, look us up on Instagram. Don't forget, you can call us too. I'm not going to answer the phone. It's nothing personal. But you can leave a voicemail at 563-265-1978 about pretty much any damn thing you want, and I'll probably play it on the show. Check out the website, www.carnivalofgleecreations.com. Over there, you're going to find uh, information about stuff that I've done, including uh, uh, social media links and episodes and all that stuff for this show, Atari Bytes, and for my other show, the monthly It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown, uh, a deep dive into all things in and around the uh, classic Peanuts comic strip universe. There's a ton of stuff. A lot of stuff you don't even think is there is there, and we talk about all of it. So go check that out. Uh, CarnivalofGleeCreations.com has all the info you need. Uh, the website also has information about books that I've written. I'm a writer too. There's a page on there that has uh, info about some of the plays and stuff I've done, but there's also a page that talks about books. 
and links to some of the places you can order them, like Hell Serial, very short stories fortified with essential syllables. Uh, so check that out. Maybe pick up a book. If you do pick up a book, of course, leave a review where you bought it, because that's helpful too. Thanks. Also helpful, supporting the show on the Patreon page. Atari Bytes has a Patreon project, and we would love to have you support the show. If you do, depending on what level you're at, you might get bonus stuff. So head over to Patreon uh, to find out more about that. You can also, if you sign up, uh, help me keep an eye on the current patrons. Michael Tyler, Jose Cazeta, Sean Courtney, M. West, Jim Goebel, Patrick, Patrick McCarthy, Jeremy L., and Jason Schiffman, because, let's be honest, they need monitoring. Thanks to them all for uh, supporting the show. All right, we're just about out of here. All that's left is to tell you next time on Atari Bytes. Steeplechase. So you got a sta- uh, steeple, and you got to chase it, because those things never hold still. Or something. I don't know. We'll find out next week. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you. Thank you.